Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning to the quasi-folk who live on the edge of reality. Like some halo soldier with a space grenade blowing yourself to the edge of the map, baby. You're quasi-folk. It is Friday. Thank God it's Friday, right? Uh, March the 10th, 2023, Bo Blimpdock. And it's your good friend, Dan. And what can I tell you? Um, a little more, well, no, not really. I was going to say a week ago, but it seems like that. It's been less than a week. Not quite a week ago. A week ago tomorrow, um, I was walking the dog, walking the doggy, you know, trying to heal from my broken arm. Trying to be positive and shit. Listening to you motherfuckers. Be optimistic about fuck you. I was walking the doggy. And I was being careful. And I was I was looking out for ice and all that. And I stepped on something that looked like bare blacktop. It did. It didn't sparkle. It didn't shimmer. It looked like absolutely dead-ass bare blacktop, and I slipped and I fell, and I busted up my left arm again. Now, the good news is I didn't re-break it. I talked to my doctor on Tuesday, and he said with all the metal in my arm, you'd have to have a friend with an impact hammer hammering on your arm, beating you down... And still, that part won't break. The two other weak parts, though. Yeah, you see, when you fix something, the way that you have to fix something, you think, oh my god, I just fixed it, it's, it's fixed. But sometimes it creates weakness. That being said, I didn't re-break my arm. It's actually pretty hard to do at this point. According to my doctor, you'd have to like have a friend run over your arm and then hit at it and beat at it and maybe take your dog and have it do its little death roll. And even then you probably won't break the part that was fixed. You'll just break off the parts that it was attached to. Yeah. But I did munch it up pretty bad. Bad enough that it was a setback for physical therapy. Bad enough that it put me in a really shitty mood. Oh, but Dan, you're, you've been so sparkly. I have been sparkly. In that sarcastic, ironic sense of the word. But it, it made things worse. And so, if you haven't heard from me in a week, and if this podcast sucks, this is why. I'm kind of off my game. I have a lot of notes on my blog, and, you know, my advice is... Given some of the changes I'm trying to do to the way I do the notes for the podcast, my advice is, you know, go to the blog, and if you want to see what I'm thinking about, chances are I'm still updating it, right? But as far as the podcast goes, I haven't had it in me. I have not had, I have not had it in me. In a way, I felt honest-to-goodness defeated, in a way, this week. Um, not defeated permanently, but temporarily. That's the truth. If you want me to tell you that, well, something else is my reality at this moment, so it makes you feel better, I can't. I can't. I can tell you that I am glad that if this was going to happen, 
I'm glad it happened before rather than after. I'm, I'm glad it happened before all this shit really starts falling apart rather than after when, yeah, there won't be anybody doing orthopedic surgery for somebody like me. They might be doing it for rich people. Huh, they're always going to be doing it for rich people. But for someone like me, it just ain't going to fucking happen. So I'm kind of glad in that sense, if it had to happen, if I had to break that fucking bone, I guess I'm thankful that it happens right now. But beyond that, I can't tell you that I'm in, in a great place about any of this shit, really. The first topic is a news topic, and it is because it's in the news and people talk about it and they think it's important. Um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, <clears throat> I'm trying to go away from the quote-unquote news because most of the news is garbage. You know, it is. It's really just garbage layered on garbage. It's a form of pure manipulation at this point. You can have your own theory as to why. Some people think this Titanic is headed toward towards a land called the Reset, where Klaus Schwab is emperor, and the World Economic Forum rolls over us with a fist of glowing titanium. Yeah. In 1997, a movie came out called Wag the Dog. And it's interesting because at the time, you know, the Clinton administration was having its own issues, you know, with all that Lewinsky bullshit sort of developing, blah, blah, blah. Kenneth Starr, blah, blah, blah. MoveOn.org, blah, blah, blah. That fucking trauma monkey's been alive for three decades, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that trauma monkey called the Clinton Traveling Roadshow of Unresolved Bullshit was kind of at a peaky point there in 1997 when Wag the Dog came out. And, and the basic premise or plot of Wag the Dog is that the president has a scandal and the president wants to use the smartest person in Hollywood to create a fake war to cover up the scandal. I'll keep it that simple. And as all things involving government, you know, this too gets out of control. It gets out of control. And I won't give away the rest. You should watch this movie, especially if you're looking at the Ukraine war right now. You should really watch this movie because I'm just not convinced that the Ukraine war is real. But here's what I will tell you. A few weeks ago, um, NATO, NATO's Twitter account, and I have a screenshot of it on my blog. So you go to the notes, you can go to the blog, you can see the screenshot. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, that is funding, supporting, funneling resources and weapons to the Ukraine, posted this on Twitter. Ukraine is hosting one of the great epics of this century. We are Harry Potter and William Wallace. We are the Navi and Han Solo. We're escaping from Shawshank and blowing up the Death Star. We are fighting with Harkonnens and, cha and challenging Thanos. You read it yourself, you read it 20 times. 
if this was a serious war, just like I said about the pandemic and dancing nurses, you know, when you started seeing the dancing nurses, if you had a fucking clue, that should have been the giveaway that the pandemic was fake. Okay? Or you don't know nurses. You don't know people who actually work in hospitals. But again, once you saw the dancing nurses, an alarm should have gone off in your head. Whatever the fuck the COVID is, it is fake bullshit. If you read a tweet like this concerning armed combat from so-called adults in the room, what you're basically reading is crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Comparing this to fictional make-believe battles is only a way of giving away the story. Basically saying, fuck you. You think this is real? Yeah, this is about as real as a Mel Gibson movie. This is about as real as a magical grade school. This is about as real as the Death Star and all that other shit. They're basically giving it away. They're basically telling you how fucking adult they are and, and about the whole thing. And I don't really want to spend too much time on the Ukraine because I have my own terrible theories as to why it is the current sort of, you know, high tempo military psychological warfare operation vis-a-vis -vis what's been going on. It's kind of replaced the COVID to some extent. Obsession about Russia, worrying about a nuclear war. This has kind of replaced the COVID bullshit because the COVID needed a rest. You know, the COVID wasn't nearly as convincing as the motherfuckers who implemented it thought it would be, really. But, you know, it did convince a bunch of people who should have sued their hospitals to instead blame their fucking neighbors. So yeah, the COVID kind of worked, and then it stopped working, and now we got the Ukraine. Does this mean that nobody's dying there? You know, I've said this, and I've said this, and I've said this. Every great American military psychological warfare operation is also a snuff flick, which means people do get killed. People were killed, they were murdered during the pandemic. The pandemic, make-believe virus didn't do the killing, but there were people who were killed. I'm convinced of that. Absolutely. And as far as the Ukraine goes, there could very well be a kind of catch-22, let's call the Germans and schedule bombings type thing going on. It could be both completely fake, and at the same time, real people could be, you know, being killed. It's possible. I'm, I'm simply putting forth the argument that no matter how many people are being killed, the entire thing is bullshit. It is orchestrated, it is controlled, and if you're wondering if Putin is in on it, the answer is yes. I said this a year ago, when this whole fucking thing started. I said, if this lasts more than a few months, then you really do need to ask the question how real this is. I also said that if the tempo of operations matches the seasons of the year for the Northern Hemisphere, you really should start asking some fucking questions, really. Because there's nothing, you know, from what I know of Russian history, they should have ended this in the last couple months. So why didn't they? I mean, really, their, their main strength is winter warfare. So why didn't they just trash the Ukrainians? And the answer is, that was never supposed to be the story. Anyways, you guys come to your own conclusions about the Ukraine. At this point, I'm so burnt out off that shit. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. If you want to worry about the Ukraine, you do that. It's a waste of your fucking time. 
You know, you're not going to control the resources being dumped on that place, whatever the resources are, and you're never going to know the truth. And if you want to be suckered into, oh my God, Putin is evil. Oh my God, Zelensky is evil. You know what? They all look like shitheads to me. So why don't you just back away from that bullshit and ignore it? Because you're not going to stop it. And in my opinion, it is pretty much a fake operation. Okay? Whatever happens, whether it's you know, the Ukrainians succeed or they lose or somehow Putin gets toppled. It's all part of the narrative at this point. And it's designed to keep you fucking focused on stuff that, frankly, is going to work against your ability to survive in the coming years. The more space you make for bullshit, the more space you make for make-believe viruses and make-believe wars and make-believe racial conflict and other types of drag queen disasters, the more space in your brain you make for this bullshit, the less likely it is you're going to survive. Period. That's where we're at in the game. So if you want to make a whole bunch of space for drag queen show and Ukraine show and voter show and oh my god, look at my Bitcoin show... If you want to make space in your brain and your life for all that bullshit, that's your fucking business. It isn't my job to humor you, though. If you send me an email looking for me to make you feel better about your bad takes, it's not going to fucking happen. I might not make fun of you, but you'll probably get back a one or two word response like, okay, or yeah, wow. But I'm not going to fucking spend any time on it. Watch the movie Wag the Dog. Really, watch it. Especially if you're one of these predictive programming motherfuckers. Watch that fucking movie and understand that unless you can verify it, what the fuck do you really know? Next topic. A quote from Dr. Freckles. If it's broke, use coke. I'm not going to spend time on that. That's, that's a dumb quote from Dr. Freckles. Another quote from Dr. Freckles. My dumbest thoughts are my best hookers. <laughs> T-H-O-T-S. Yeah. My dumbest thoughts, that's T-H-O-T-S, are my best hookers. So yeah, I broke my arm a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. It's been really kind of a hazy period for my life right now. Like, I can tell you on December the 19th is when it happened. And I can also tell you, if you've ever had that thought, if you've ever had that dark thought, what if I was in the street asking for help and nobody showed up? The answer to that equation, that problem, that query, that whatever, that conundrum is, yeah, that happens. Yes, there are friendly people who show up to help you. Yes, sometimes people give a fuck. But sometimes you're a middle-aged burnout. You slip and fall and break your arm. And you're on the street screaming for help because you're in pain. And for five or ten minutes, however long it was, nobody shows up. And you can stay on the sidewalk. And you can hope and pray that some motherfucker gives a fuck. Or you can recognize that if, if only symbolically... At this point in the game, you're going to have to save your damn self. 
But how did I break my arm? How did I break my arm? How did I fracture my my boner boner system? <laughs> my bonery. How did I break my arm? Back in December of last year, I was involved with a girl named Deborah. She had green eyes and a clean body. She smoked snail mix and loved the Bee Gees. We were, we were at Nick's off of Haller Street when we encountered her ex-husband, Neil. Neil was an oil worker. Neil was an oil worker and a line worker and a tree cutter and a speed freak. He spent his days near the train station looking for spare parts, the railroad dumps, and other weird things you find at the rail hub where old rail engineers drink their meth soda. His face turned red, that Neil, with pure anger, and he ran at me, tossing me on the floor and beating me senseless. Luckily, my dog Boomer pulled him off and bit off his nuts, but not before this shithead took a brick from the door, uh, took a brick from the door jam, took a brick off the floor, and split my humerus in half. For realsy, this sucked. That's how I broke my arm. I was drifting through space, lost to all I love. My ship, the Yulia, was headed to Zeta Prime Alpha 67 Charlie. In the Bravo Quadrant of Sector 33, in the Cautious Zone, not the Forbidden Zone, mind you, you just need to be fucking cautious in the cautious zone. My main fusion drive was overheating after having finished chasing the pirates of Zelton around the dark star called Glib. I went down to the engine room to, to help repair the magnetic bottle armature, you know, and superconducting magnet array, brother. My chief engineer, Cleavon, was a Jabronian. He was from the Newark star system, and he grew up on the galactic shores of East Philly. I noticed that Cleavon, he was unconscious. He was bleeding on the deck of that engine room. And the main coolant spindle was reverberating at an incredible rate. I grabbed my Leatherman and pulled out the Phillips bit and began torquing down the strumulator, which is connected to the whammy bar. 
At that moment, there was a burst of Orgolion radiation, and it threw me across the engineering deck. When I came to my med bay, my nurse girlfriend slash hooker slash accountant was massaging my fuel seam in order to excite my tinkle zone. But yeah, I completely busted my fucking left humerus in two and fuck all about the pirates. That's how I broke my arm. Hunting grizzly in late December, I encountered a pack of cougars being led by a mangy, out-of-control Wookiee named Michelle. She was pungent and hairy. Her breath smelled like cigarettes and Clairol and stale beer and popcorn. She had a bunch of cougars she'd rounded up and cornered in a cave near Mount Gabriel, not far from the Gable Woods, where those human footprints were discovered, near those dinosaur footprints, like people and dinosaur were one. I was hunting grizzly bear and had just finished washing my svelte body in a hot spring. I was naked when I left that pool as the Wookiee woman stood 40 feet above on the trail. She sent her cougars after me, busty and frothing and engundulating their bubulas. It was a swampy spot and we wrestled nakedly in such an itchy, burny way. After wrestling several cougars, I grew weary. I ran for my camp and my 900 Winchester Magnum X-ray lever-action rifle, fucker. I was a, a mean cannon, and I hit hard. I fired two rounds at that terrible Wookiee, but she overtook me and tossed me into the ravine. Days later, a busty 34-year-old female park ranger found me there naked and brought me back to her cabin. She nursed me back to health, even setting my broken left humerus in a cast made of squirrel love. And we spent the winter together, me and that beautiful park ranger, making love to the sunrise, Touching and squeezing and pulling, it was wonderful. That's how I broke my arm. There was a grand submarine battle, and I was a lowly navigator. Our submarine was fighting the Russians near Dallas, Texas, and we were overtaken by a Mexican-style Harley which is a lot like a Chinese mixed chopper. And it was bad, baby. It was going to take us out. It could move at 120 knots underwater and carried the Epsis 3000 super torpedo. The Russians had a mean admiral in charge, Chergov. He was legend in the submarine races, the ones at the lake where you were conceived. Anywho, anywho... Your mama and your daddy went to the lake for the races, the submarine races. And then you were born nine months later. 
Did your mom ever treat the crabs? Anywho, Chergov fired nine of these fucking torpedoes at our boat, and this caused a rupture in our hull that I had to rep I had to help repair. While working on that hole, a piece of stray reinforcing steel came loose and hit my left fucking arm, breaking my humerus in two. We won the battle against those Russians at the Battle of Dallas, but I spent many months recovering from that fucking injury. That's how I broke my arm, bitch. The caves and tunnels of Scompton. A dangerous place to meet a hooker. I was lonely one Monday night on December the 19th, 2022, to be exact. I was watching some dumbass, dumbass fucking stupid-ass Netflix documentary series about white people killing white people, but feeling really bad about it. But I was really wanting a warm body. I wanted some warm flesh to be in my bed to touch me. Yes, I just wanted a warm body next to me, next to mine on that cold winter's night. So I went to Craigslist. And I typed into the search box, hot butt booby style action Vernal, Utah. And you'd be surprised the results I got back. I scanned them. I scanned them and I looked for certain kinds of pictures. Thank you very much as I drink my cocoa. Ah. Yes, I scanned the search results. Looking at the various pictures, imaging the scenarios of our encounters, greasy, nasty, rough, brutal, real sexual lovemaking. The kind of lovemaking where your bodies melt together at the end and your kisses are sugar drop masterpieces. Gertie said she'd meet you, she said she'd meet me actually, near Scompton Caves but only after midnight. Okay, I sent her a message on Snapchat. We interacted a little and negotiated a standard price. I arranged to meet old Gertie at midnight and I stole an old Chevy so that I could get there, baby. I was in love. At the caves, Gertie was already undressed. Her sultry body glistening in the icy cold. Her boobies, fully aroused and stiffened. Her lips, whispering thoughts of imagination and pure, pure pleasure. We made love like desert hounds, next to that roaring fire of pine and pain. At daybreak, 
her pimp Joel showed up with his four Mormon brothers. And I didn't have any money. I had no cash for Gertie. And they proceeded to break my left fucking humerus over a rock. So here I am, lesson learned, you betcha. Don't go to Vernal. That's how I broke my arm, friendly person out there, shithead. Making love to a super advanced robot woman. This is the path to madness, baby. Yes, back in December, I was reading Boy's Life. You know, remember Boy's Life? I was at the dentist, if you can believe it, and they had an old copy of Boy's Life. And in the back, next to the advertisement for Build Your Own Hovercraft Kit, was an entry for something amazing. Build Your Own Robot-Style Lover. As we should accept, I'm a lonely, burnt-out code monkey, motherfucker. And no one's gonna warm my bed unless it's to, the, unless it's to torch it with gasoline, right? But I digress. The advertisement was for plans to build the robot, not the actual robot itself, and it claimed you could do this for 500 bucks. If you live near a Home Depot, of course. I bought the plans, they arrived, and I began building Regina, my robot-style lover. It took weeks and PVC tubing and rebar and small motors and pistons and pulleys and lots of rubber cement. But by December of 2022, I had built Regina. And on the 19th of that month, I turned that bitch on. There was smoke and sparks and weird arcs of electricity. Her eyes, made of LED cameras, flickered and came to life. I began massaging her robot, Buvulex. And she conjoined with my Sleetus. After a few minutes of making love, she kind of went crazy and asked for my credit card. That was pretty bad, baby. I did not give Regina my credit card, and she proceeded to break my left humerus. Fuck, fuck that robot. That's how I broke my fucking arm. Fuck boy's life. Fuck that hovercraft, okay? You want to talk about mind fucks? That fucking hovercraft from Boy's Life, that's a mind fuck. That was bullshit. I'll, you can email, I made the hovercraft, Dan, and it worked fine. Fuck you, mind fucker. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a bit. I was walking to the grocery store. Really, this is how it started. I was walking to the grocery store to get potato chips, but Lay's wavy plane. On December the 19th of last year, it was a Monday, and I was in a really shitty mood. I woke up and got a donation for my podcast. I tried to transfer to my bank from PayPal, and it didn't work, and it made me wonder if today was the day I would be financially canceled. I called the bank to resolve the issue and borrowed 20 bucks from a friend to go get some beer and get drunk. 
When I was done drinking, the temperature outside was around zero degrees and it was kind of breezy, if not windy. I wanted, I really felt I wanted a small bag of Lay's wavy plain potato chips because they've been really pixelated lately, unreliable, not always there, something special about them being there, right? Especially when they didn't smell bad. Some weeks the grocery store had them. Some weeks they don't. But darn it, no matter how cold it was or icy or windy, I was going to get some fucking potato chips. About a quarter of a mile from my home, I hit a slippery patch near the street's metal walled curb. I fell just perfectly on that ice that my left humerus hit the curb and the curb acted to split my arm in half. Well, not quite in half, split the bone in half. As if some neo-Nazi stomper demon had done this on purpose, it was a lucky shot, my left humerus broken in two. Is that how I broke my arm? Looking for some fucking potato chips. Looking for some gromuli at the bottom of Earth's festule. Looking for some splinctus. Looking for some pink slime. Looking for that last McNugget on the way to hell, baby. because I want some fucking potato chips. If you like this podcast, and I'm not sure why you would, um, you can donate to it. There's a PayPal link. If you say to me, Dan, I'd like to mail you money, my address currently is really not my address, so I don't just give it out randomly. Also, my mail gets opened. So saying, I'd like to mail you some gold, you can say that all day, the likelihood the gold would get here is zero. So my mail gets opened. Um, I've tried other things. I've tried Venmo. I get canceled here. I get canceled there. Currently, I am not canceled from PayPal. That does not imply that PayPal you know, is good people. That's not the logical argument here. It's simply to say that in the shitbird scenario that we're all in, PayPal currently works. So if you hate PayPal, well, guess what? You have an out. You have an out. You hate PayPal, you know, but that's it. But if you want to donate, there is a PayPal link. You don't have to. I give the same speech every time and I'll give it again. If you've taken care of your food, your water, your shelter, if you've taken care of the people you love, if you've done some minimal prepping, because frankly, I think food shortages are baked into the cake, and I don't mean toilet paper shortages, and I don't mean coin shortages. I mean actual shortages that aren't a mind fuck. But when they hit, there'll be no warning. You, you know, if you're waiting to get warning from somebody in the government to tell you to buy food, <laughs> that's never going to happen. But if you've done some reasonable prepping, 
and you've done the things you need to do and, the th- and some of the things you want to do, you've taken care of the people you love, and you still got gold or money left over, you can donate to this podcast. I'll accept your monies. I'll accept your shekels. I'll accept anything you want to send me if you want to send it, baby. But you're not obligated. You know, it's why I do this at the end, not the beginning. Um, Everybody could use more money. I mean, I'm calling it money. I don't think fiat currency is money. But we could all use more of that script on the Death Star to buy Death Star goods and services. That's another way of putting it. And I could certainly use my Vader script if you want to send me some. That's pretty much what I'm saying here. Actual money is gold or silver. You know, everything else is pretty much bullshit at this point. But Dan, what about crypto? What about it, buddy? What about it? You tell me that story, I don't care. Tell me that mindfuck story. What about crypto? I will tell you of the many things that are going to be impossible in the coming months, crypto will be one. At some point, it will it will fail spectacularly. And a lot of people will be you know left holding the bag. But then again, I don't know how many, because I truly don't know how many people are really that invested in it. It looks like a giant scam to me. I've met some people in the crypto world. I even wrote my own white paper. And all I can tell you is, is, is it's filled with a lot of crooked people and scamsters. And if you think it's the home of freedom and anarchism, you're a fool. That world is filled with status, filled with people who want more government, not less, filled with people who'd like to take away your, you know, your own right, which is a right from birth to defend yourself. So anywho, give up on the crypto scam. You want to send me money, you can. PayPal link on the Death Star. Send me your Vader script. I will buy hookers. I will buy cocaine. I will buy hookers. I will buy cocaine. I will buy hookers. I will buy a plane ticket. I'll go to Spain for hookers and cocaine. You send me money. And I'll do something special, baby. I'll make a documentary about what I did during the great toilet paper crisis of April 2020. In lieu of toilet paper, it's the modest proposal of our time. Is that a dirty t-shirt? Is that some dirty underwear? I have to go the laundry anyways, in lieu of toilet paper, baby. And for this Friday, March the 10th, 2023, I hope you have a great rest of your day. You now know the true story of how I broke my arm. You have to figure out which one of those stories is most likely. Is it the giveaway at the end about the banal middle-aged burnout bullshit of some fat old dude getting some potato chips? Or is it a space adventure involving grizzlies and cougars and sex robots? This is something you got to figure out on your own, son. If you kind of think the COVID is real, then I kind of think I broke my arm on that fucking starship. Have a great, great Friday.